With Hashem's assistance, we learn Babakam Adaf Tzalivav, page 96. We begin 11 lines in at the two dots. Amar Rav, Rav says, Gozol Yeshviach, if somebody steals something, and while it's in his possession, it goes up in value, Umochar, and he sells it to someone else. Or another case, if it goes over Shviach, let's say he stole something, went up in value while it was at his house, and then he gave it over to his children, his children inherited him after he died. Mashashviach Machar, so says Rava, whatever it's gone up in value, when, in the case where he sold it, so that part is considered sold. Yes, he has to give back whatever value was originally worth when he stole it, but whatever it's gone up in value, it's considered sold. Mashashviach Hayrish, and whatever's gone up in value is considered given over to his children, and Rashi says that either we're talking about here, the half, the quarter, the third, the different values that it's possible to get for somebody who is involved in making something go up in value, or it, would be, it could be referring to all of the value that has gone up. If we're talking about the Dakonas Hashavim, the special decree that they made so that people wouldn't hold themselves back from doing tshuva, from repenting. Bay Rabba, Rabba asks a question, Let's say before he sold it, it hadn't gone up in value, the thing that he stole. However, after he sold it, so while it was by the place where it was sold to, so it went up in value. Mahu, what's going to be the halacha? Are we going to say that it, it's kept by the person who bought it, or it's kept by the person who sold it? So after he asked the question, he answered the question, What is the first person sell to the second person? Whatever rights that he has, so he gives those rights over to the person who's bought it. So therefore, the person who bought it, even though it was originally stolen, just like the person who stole it, so he has the rights to whatever the thing goes up in value, so is the person who bought it, he has the rights to whatever it's gone up in value. So therefore, when he has to return it, so all he has to return is the value that it was worth when it was originally stolen, but the value that it's gone up now, so he gets to keep that money. Boy, Rav, Rav asks the following question. Let's say a non-Jew stole something and it went up in value in his possession. What do we say? Do we say that he gets to keep that value? Or do we say that no, he has to return it as is? What are we going to do? We're going to create a decree that will help out the non-Jew? That's not our focus. Our focus is making decrees about Jews. So he said that no, we actually need it for a case where a Jew is involved. For instance, where a non-Jew stole it, then he sold it to a Jew. So the question is, now that it was sold to a Jew, do we say that whatever's gone up in value, the Jew retains? Soif, soif. So where says, hold on a second. In the end of all, if someone's coming through the power of a non-Jew, if the non-Jew was the one who originally stole it and then he sold it to a Jew, so the Jew doesn't have any more rights than the person who sold it to him, which was the non-Jew, and the non-Jew didn't have any rights in whatever goes up in value. So where says, no, we do need it. Going to Gazal, Yisrael. For instance, the cases where a Jew was the one who originally stole it. So he had a right to whatever went up in value. And then he sells it to a non-Jew. And while it was in the possession of the non-Jew, it went up in value. Now the non-Jew took it and he, and he sold it to a Jew. My, what do we say? Do we say that since originally it was in the hands of a Jew? And in the end it's also in the hands of a Jew. Therefore the sages will make a decree that will allow him to keep the Shabbat, whatever's gone up in value. Or perhaps, since there's a non-Jew in the middle, so then the sages just don't make that decree in that case. Take so the Gemara says there's no answer to this question. Says, if somebody steals a date tree from his friend, he cuts it down, even though he took it out from one guy's property to his own property, so he hasn't transferred into his possession, he has to give back the actual tree itself, he can't give him back money. My time was the reason, because originally it was called a date tree, and it's still called a date tree, it hasn't been changed, it doesn't have a change of name, and therefore it's not considered a transfer into his possession. And therefore he has to give him back the original one. Unless somebody takes a date tree, and he makes it, chops it up, and makes it into pieces, like honey, he still hasn't possessed it either. Hashtag, he has to give you the because it's still referred to as pieces of date tree.
Let's say he stole pieces of a date tree and he made it into boards. So then he has transferred into his possession because now it's called something else. Let's say he stole large boards and made it into little boards. Like honey, again, he hasn't possessed it because it hasn't changed its name. Let's say he changed it into something where it has a different name. For example, the Arach translates the word Kitsutaisa as pipes. So Connie, so there where you changed it, it transfers into your possession, and there's no obligation to return the actual original thing, but rather you can pay back money. says, If someone steals a palm branch, which is closed, and then it opens up, so it became, it used to be called a lulav, now it's called hutsi, it's a different name, Connie. So there, there, it transfers into the possession of the person who stole it to make kara, luliva mikri, because originally it was called a lulav, now it's called hutsi, that's a different name. Let's say he stole a palm branch that was opened, but he made it into a broom. So then he does transfer into his possession, because originally it was called a hutsi, now it's called a broom. It's changed its name, therefore it's considered that it's transferred into his possession, and he has to pay back money, but he doesn't have to actually return the thing that he stole. Let's say he stole a broom, and then he made it into a rope, like honey. So then he hasn't transferred into his possession. My time, what's the reason? He did change names. The other sasserle, because the reason is because it could very easily be untied and then it would be returned to being called a broom asks a question which takes us on a little bit of a tangent in regards to the mitzvah of lulav so lulav so we have these four different medium, these four different types of plants that we take together on sukkis one of them is a lulav a date branch that's closed and so you have the center the center leaf of the lulav is a double leaf it's called a tiyomis which means twin and so it has to be held together the question is if let's say it's split at the top what's going to be the halacha mahu tashima so we bring a proof Levi, we must instead the name of Yeshua and Levi. Nitla tiyem is pasul. If it's missing that little leaf, so then it's invalid. We turn to the Tzaddik Vav on the base, page ninety-six B. My love, who had the Perhaps it would be the same thing, whether it's missing or whether it's split. Maybe it would be the same thing and it would be invalid. Someone says it's no proof. Lie, no. Nitla shani could be it's different where it's not there at all. The chaserla because it's completely missing. But if it's there and it's just split, maybe it's okay. Ikad Amri, an alternate version of this proof. Tashima the world proof is false. Amri, we must insist on. If the middle branch, the middle leaf is split, so then it's considered like it's missing completely and it's invalid. It's a good proof that if the middle leaf is split, that it's no good. Amar Papa the Gemara continues with another statement of Papa. Hi, man, the gozel Afra Mechavre. If somebody steals some dirt from his friend, Levinta, and he makes it into a brick, like honey hasn't transferred into his possession. My time was the reason. The other Mashvile Afra, because it's very easy to make it back into dirt. Levinta Vaavde Afra. Let's say somebody stole his friend's brick and he made it into dirt, Kani. There it has transferred into his possession. My Amaris, because what are you going to say? Dima Hadarbi Avadle Levinta, that perhaps he can make it right back into another brick. That would be a different brick. And it has a different look, a different sewer, a different makeup. Amara Papa, so Rapapa says, Hi my the gosal Naskamechavriva Avidzuzi, let's say somebody steals silver from his friend and he makes it into a coin. Like Connie, it hasn't transferred into his possession, he has to return it as is. My time was the reason. Hadar Avalu Nischa, because it could just as easily be made back into raw silver. Zuzi Vabdinu Nischa, let's say somebody steals a coin and then he muscled down into silver. Connie, so there it has transferred into his possession. My armor, so what are you gonna say? Hadar Avilahu Zuzi, you can make it back into a coin. This is not considered the original coin. 
If somebody steals a blackened coin, an old coin, and he shines it up so it looks new, it doesn't transfer into his possession. It's not considered a new thing. Why? Rashi says because it's going to end up getting old again and black again. If somebody steals something which looks new and it got blackened with age, so there, in fact, it does transfer. My arms, because what are you going to say? That you can make it look new again? When you have a coin that gets old and then you try to shine it up again, it doesn't look as new as it originally looked when it was indeed new. So therefore, it's considered a different coin and it's transferred into the possession of the person who stole it and the thief has to pay back the original value of the coin. This is a general rule. We said in the Mishnah that all people who steal have to pay based on the original value. The Gemara begins, Zahakal. We said that this is the general rule. Lasiyah, I want to come to include when we say the general rule. Lasiyah, Hada Amr Bilah. So to include the following case of Rabila. Gunam Talevanasa Ayal. If someone steals a sheep and it grows up in his possession and becomes a ram. Egal Vanasa Shur. If someone steals a calf and it grows up in, in his possession and becomes an ox. Nasa Shina Biyadai. So it's considered that it changed in his hand, the Kanai. And in a certain sense, he has possessed it. Tavachu Machar Shalayu Tavach Shalayu Machar. To the point that if he slaughters it at this point or he sells it at this point, it's considered that he's selling or slaughtering his own thing. He doesn't have to pay four or five times, he only has to pay double. Oh, Gavri, there was a certain person that goes upon the tomb of Havre, who stole a pair of oxen from his friend. Also, Karbu Krova, Zarbu Zar, used them to plow his field and to seed his field. The Sifa journal of Marian, and in the end, he gave it back to the person he stole it from. Also, like a of Nachman. So they brought this case in front of Rav Nachman. Amar Lahu, he says to them, Zilu Shumu Shivcha Da Ashvach. Go see how much the land has gone up in value, and he has to pay you that, that amount of money, whatever he's gained. Amar Lahu, Rav. So Rav says, Hold on a second, Turi Ashvach. Arley Ashvach. When we discuss something going up in value, we can talk about the ox going up in value. We never talk about the land going up in value, meaning the person who stole never has to pay for what he used the animal for. So if Nachman says, I never said that you should do the whole thing. What I meant was you should do half the value that has gone up in value. That's what the person who stole it has to pay. So says, in the end, all, it's something that was stolen and has to be returned as is. That's all. You don't talk about any value that the person gained because he had stolen and he used it. That all the person has to pay is based on what he stole at the original time. So if Nachman says to him, did I not say to you, when I'm sitting in judgment, you shouldn't say anything to me. Because Rafuna, our friend, said about me, that I and Shmuel were both very great in judgment. Now let me explain to you why I said this to him. This person, he's been stealing for a long time, and I wanted to give him a fine. That's why I made him pay for the value that his field has gone up, so that he doesn't go and steal things so often anymore. We begin the Mishnah. If someone steals an animal, an animal gets old. We steal slaves and they get old. So they pay based on the original value when he stole it. Rabbi Meir says, In regards to slaves, you can say to him, What's yours is yours. Take it as is. And as we explained previously, because he holds that an Eved, a slave, is like karka, like ground, and therefore it can't be transferred from one possession to the other, so it still remains in the possession of the person they stole it from, even though it's gotten old and it's changed. If someone steals a coin and gets cracked, steals fruits and they get rotten, steals wine and it turns into vinegar, here it was changed, transferred into his possession, he has to pay like the original value was worth when it was stolen. But if let's say he steals something, and you can't see that it actually changed. For example, he steals a coin and the government says it's no longer valid. In the case, Truma Vinitmes, he steals something which is Truma, it's not allowed to become impure. It becomes impure, so it can't be eaten any longer by the coin, by the priest, and it became impure. Chamit Vavrlava Pesach, 
you have something which is bread, and then it passes through Pesach, Passover comes, and so this bread no longer can be benefited from. You have an animal that was stolen, and then some kind of sin was done with it, to, causing it to, you can't have any benefit from it. Or it became invalid from being brought as a korban, as a sacrifice on the altar. Or the animal was about to be killed. In all these cases, since you can't see the change on the surface, so the person can say, the person who stole it can say to the original owner, take your thing as is. We begin the Gemara. Omer Papa, Papa says, When we talk about it getting old, it doesn't mean literally it got old. Even if it got weak. Sigmar says, This is in the Mishnah, it got old. Sigmar answers, Amri, we say, this is the Bach's Girsa, Amri, Kasha Ke'en His Kino. That when we talk about it getting weak, it means it has to be a weakening similar to when it gets old. Delay Hadabari, that it doesn't get better. Only then is it considered that it's completely changed, and only then does it transfer into the possession of the person who stole it, and he has to give back according to the original value. And he can't say, just take it as is. Amri, Markishisha, Breder of Chizla, of Ashi, Markishisha, the son of Chizla, says to Rav Ashi as follows. Hachika Amri, Mishmeder of Yechanan, this is what was said in the name of Rav Yechanan. Afilugan of Televanasa, I live in if someone steals a sheep and becomes a ram, Egovanasa Shore, or a calf, and it becomes an ox, is considered a change in his hands, and it's considered a transfer into his possession, and when he goes and slaughters it or sells it, it's not considered that he's selling or slaughtering the thing that was originally stolen. It's his own thing that he's slaughtering, it's his own thing that he's selling. So he responds and says, Did I not say to you, you should be careful not to switch around the names of the people who you're quoting from. That was actually not stated in the name of Yechonah, but rather in the name of Rabbi Law. The Gemara continues, In regards to a slave that got old, so indeed the person who stole it can say, take your slave as is, because it's not considered they're transferred into his possession. is indeed like Rabbi Meir. You can say to the person that he stole it from, take your, take your slave as is. The Gemara says, Could it be the Rav, we always hold like, that he leaves the sages, which is the majority, and holds like Rabbi Meir? Amri, so we answer, Mishim, the Brisa Ibchatanya. Because if a Bryce says it's the opposite, that the sages were the ones who actually said that he can say in regards to a slave, take your slave as is. What Rav is leaving our Mishnah, which was redacted by Rabbi Yehuda, this is the valid version. He's doing like the Bryce, which is outside. Rav answers that Rav actually learned the Mishnah like the Bryce, that it was the Rabbanan, that was the sages who said this. Someone says, how could it be? Why is Rav switching around the Mishnah? Because the Bryce says it that way. If anything, we should switch around the Brisa because of our Mishnah. Amri, so we say like this, Rav, Nami, Masisin, Evcha, When Rav, the, the version of the Mishnah that Rav had, had it exactly like the Brisa, meaning he didn't switch it because of the Brisa, but rather, that's how, it, that was his Kabbalah, that's how his tradition taught him. Vibay, some another possibility. Maybe he did switch it around because of the Brisa. And when don't we switch around a Mishnah because of a Brisa? If you're talking about one Mishnah that says one way, and the Brisa says the other way. But if you have one Mishnah and two Brises saying the opposite, then we do indeed switch it around. The tiny with a rice as follows. If somebody barters a cow for a donkey, Viyolda. And in the meantime, we're not sure exactly when it transferred possessions yet. And in the meantime, the cow gave birth. And we don't know if the cow gave birth before or after it had transferred possessions. And similarly, if somebody sells his maidservant and she gives birth, Now, if one person says that I am positive that she gave birth while I was in my possession, the other one is quiet, So the person who made the claim, so he gets 
the child, the offspring. But if let's say one person says, I don't know. And another person says, I don't know. So then what they do is they split the value. Let's say each one is claiming that indeed the birth had taken place while it was in their possession. So the person who is selling it, he's the one who gets to swear. Because the last that we know, it was his. So whenever we talk about a person swearing, so only one of them can swear. So the person who's going to swear is the person who will not have to pay, meaning it was last known to be in his possession. So these are the words of Rabbi Meir. The sages say, The sages say that we don't swear in regards to a slave and not in regards to a piece of land. So basically what we see is that the sages are saying here that a slave is like a piece of land and therefore in our case as well they would hold that a slave is like a piece of land and it can't be it can't be transferred into the possession of the person who stole it. And therefore we see that again a second rise where the sages are saying that the slave is like a piece of land and it's not like our Mishnah's version, where Rabbi Meir is saying that. So we have two Bryceus, and therefore we switch around the Mishnah based on the two different Bryceus that show the opposite. So Gemara says, hold on a second. This said Rab said that the halach is like Rabbi Meir. He shouldn't have said that the halach is like Rabbi Meir. He should have said that the halach is like the sages, because he holds that the sages said this. Gemara says, This is what he means. According to this version of the Mishnah, which you have opposite, we have Rabbi Meir saying what the sages really do say. So according to that version, the halach is like Rabbi Meir, which is really the opinion of the sages.